Hi, welcome to the cottage. We are a lively outpouring of an exciting adventure into God's riches and glories in Christ Jesus. We really work to activate an excitement for the kingdom of God as it is in the now until it comes into its fullness. We invite you to our sessions to explore the heights and depths of God's love in a fuller bandwidth. I'm Dr. Ken, the pastor of a small independent church seeking to return to the Lord's zeal in times where apathy and lethargy rule the day of the complacent. We try to shake things up and offer a temporary home as we travel this sod until we reach higher ground and connect into the everlasting life from above, here on the earth as it is in heaven. For more information, you can email us at thecottage at dken.cc. That is thecottage at dken.cc. Hi, welcome back to The Cottage as we continue in our series based on my mentor's teachings of Psalm 82 tonight. And we help unravel who it is Jesus is claiming to be when he walks on the water, among other stories that we hope to explore in the future. We hope you enjoy listening to these broadcasts, and we'd like for you to come back and listen again. We're in Psalm 82 tonight. Psalm 82. We're continuing talking about when Jesus introduced himself, who he is. Remember, when the disciples first saw Jesus walking on the water, they weren't sure what they saw. And I've discussed with you on numerous occasions how over there in Asia, my wife, among other Asians, had worshipped over 330 million gods. Okay, so they're trying to figure out what they're seeing. They just can't comprehend it. And so Jesus obviously makes it very clear that who he is. And it's a, probably one of the most definitive statements of his deity in the Gospels when he makes that claim, using that. That's one of the most. And then Peter will acknowledge it later on, even more so, on Mount Hermon at the Transfiguration when they're asking about who are you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter responds with that. And so we turn to Psalm 82. We get this idea of what's going on that we want to explore to help you understand. It says in Psalm 82, verse 1, and this is a, a very powerful passage. It says, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. And there's a question here what we're talking about. And some of you asked me some questions, and even I've talked to some of you on the side, and you, you've asked questions, and I want to just use this passage to help. This was the passage of Scripture. Someone walked up to my mentor when he was preparing to, to do his dissertation. He hadn't got the topic yet or whatever. I mean, he's did, doing some minor research toward it. And when they handed him the Hebrew here, and said, you won't believe this. Because he was exploring things that he wanted to do. And then handed him the Hebrew here. He could not believe what he saw. And so, he, people don't see this very much. Because we, we stray away from explaining this. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. Who's the mighty? He judges among the gods. Where is this taking place? If it's judging the gods. And who are these gods? And he's among them judging. What does judging mean? Well, the good and the bad, right? The good and the bad, deciphering the sheep and the goats. 
the sheep on my right and the oh sorry goats on <laughs> oh I'm in trouble already anyway Barb you're in a good right place tonight hallelujah using Psalm 82 in the ESV just to give you an idea of what they're talking about scholars have proposed this as a good example for you to understand from the ancient world how other people talked. And I understand it because I've been over there on the other side of the world. I understand how these people talk. And our Bible is talking to people who live with those people. People that worship other gods. And so it says God has taken his place in the divine council. That's a better translation of that Hebrew word, that term that it's talking about there. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. In the midst. Okay? So... The, the idea is that God has his throne room up there, which we're going to explore tonight somewhat, because we've been talking about that. We want to explore that. And he has a council where all these spiritual beings are to which he convenes his rule and rules the universe. He rules everything. He's the most high. And so going back to the King James, we have God standeth in the congregation of the mighty, in the divine council. In the mighty ones are those up there. He judges among the gods. He's, he's not judging just gods. That's not what it says. It says he's in among the gods. And it's Yahweh doing the judging among, in the middle of. So it's not just, it can't be translated. Some people try to funky with this translation, but the King James captures it quite well here. They're trying, because they don't know what to do with this. They, they can't quite, I mean, the King James, uh, they didn't know what to do with the word mighty and what they're understanding of mighty, but it's, it's the ones up there that we keep talking about, okay? He judges among them, in the middle of them. So he's, he is judging these spiritual beings. He's in the midst of them. This goes back to Daniel chapter 7. We talked about this before. I told you about when the high priest puts Jesus on oath, he quotes from Daniel's chapter 7 to say, this is who I am. Which again is another hallmark of Jesus explaining exactly who he is. There is a meeting going on in heaven. I behold, I beheld till the thrones were cast down in the ancient days that sit, whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne, his throne was like fiery flame and his wheels as a burning fire. They're having a meeting up there. And Daniel is caught up to see it. And they set the chairs down, the thrones down. Thrones, plural. They're having a, what the ESV calls a divine council meeting. A meeting among the mighty ones. And there's thrones, plural. And they're gathered together. And of course, we have the Ancient of Days, God the Father. Now, Jesus quotes another part where he comes later. There is a being that comes later in Daniel 7 that we're not going to talk about tonight. Because we've already done it. But he comes later, and Jesus said, I'm the guy that comes late to this meeting. And this, at this meeting is when Jesus is given all the power and authority. And then he gives it to us in the Great Commission. But it's all described here in Daniel 7. But it's thrones, plural. Verse 10, a fiery stream is issued and came forth from forum. Thousands 
A thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousands times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment seat was set, and the books were open. Here we go. We got a judgment up there with all these thousands of spiritual beings, of which Jesus is claiming to be even over them. Which is crazy for the, the Jews. They're like, what in the world? How can you be? You're, you're, you're just a man. You're just a boy from Nazareth. You don't even know who your father is, do you? Because we're questioning that. We're not even sure who your father is. Uh, this matches Revelation chapter 5, verse 11. I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and beasts and elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 thousand Revelation 5 is grabbing this, saying you've got all these angels and other spiritual beings up there, even the elders who've gone on before, those who've died before. They're all up there around, and this is the judgment. And of course, if you remember the context, this is the end, toward the end of chapter 5, but if you remember the context here, they are trying to see who can open the scroll, and only Jesus can open it. See, only Jesus can do what none of these others can do. That's what I want you to understand. The disciples don't know who's coming to them on the boat when they're in the boat. And Jesus is claiming to be this guy. Of course, later on, John gets his revelation and he's tying it back to Daniel saying he's that guy from Daniel, that being from Daniel that shows up. That's even above. God didn't give the authority in Daniel 7 to those other spiritual beings. It went to Jesus in Daniel 7. So they're trying to figure out who it is that's coming to them on the sea. And he's invoking, I'm Yahweh. And when the high priest puts him under oath and says, who are you? He says, I'm the cloud rider in Daniel 7 that showed up to that meeting late. There's other spiritual beings that English translations have translated as small G-O-D-S. And angels are in that classification. They are spiritual beings. Gary asked me a question. And is it used, the term Elohim, of these beings, the sons of God? Yeah, that's what the name is, B'nai Elohim. B'nai Elohim, the sons of God. Sons of God, but not the son. As I told you, there is all kinds of humans. And I don't know who you think is the greatest human, whatever. You could pick out whoever you think might be nice, a great Billy Graham, maybe, I don't know. Okay, But there's only one human like Jesus. He's far above any of our best, best, best humans. George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, I don't know who you want to put. But Jesus is a classification by himself. But he's also in a classification as the Son of God above all the other sons of God. Because no one there in Revelation 5 can touch that scroll and do anything with it. He's making an identity marker here to let you know who he is. That he's totally different, just as Yahweh is totally different. They're all spiritual beings, but then there's God and there's gods. There's all these beings and then there's Jesus. There's all these humans and there's Jesus, but all these sons of God, but there's the Son of God. There is the God of all gods. And he claiming that he's both. And wow, it's blowing their minds. It takes them a time to get it. He's walking on the water. And then later on, we have Matthew 16, where P- 
Peter's putting the pieces still together. And he got Peter to walk on the water. It's not just him walking on the water. I said, he empowered Peter. And didn't ask God, hey, can you do me a favor here? No. He said, you come out of that boat. He has full authority and power, just like Daniel 7 said, was given to him all authority and power. They know of all these spiritual beings, but what the Bible is trying to do is show how Yahweh and Jesus are entirely different in the Holy Ghost. Psalm 89.5, And the heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of saints. And where is this happening in the heavens? Not on the earth. We're talking about saints. We're talking about spiritual beings. It's actually holy ones. It's not talking about saints because this is Psalm 89. We're not talking about saints because no one's died in Christ yet. So it has to be holy ones. It's, it's the word for holy ones. Kedashim. It's the word for the holy ones. The King James is saints. Which is interesting. This term is used primarily in the Old Testament of spiritual beings. But this term in the New Testament is used primarily of believers. God is putting us because of Jesus. Because Jesus in Daniel 7, then that being gives that authority to the church. He gave the keys to Peter to the church. So the gates of hell will not prevail. We have access to God because of Jesus. Psalm 97, verse 7. Confounded be ye all that serve. You want to serve those graven images? That boast themselves of idols? You want to do idols? Listen, let me just cut to the point. Let me just cut to the chase. Hey, all you gods, you worship him. In the heavenlies. They're trafficking in idols. We're trafficking in spiritual beings. When we pray, we're praying to, to God. We have Jesus at the right hand as our high priest. Making perfect prayers. We just prayed. You know what? Jesus is praying. The Holy Ghost is praying. Making intercession. They traffic in idols. You're going too low down the totem pole. You need to go much higher. And we have access because of Jesus to go much higher. So we're in Psalm 82. Verse 2, how long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Now, we just did this when the nations at Babel went off on their own. God scattered them in their own language. They took on these spirits, and God is having judgment and asking these spirits, these gods that my wife used to worship. How long are you going to judge we're having a judgment seat here to see who's judging right. How long are you going to judge unjustly? Who? The gods. You're not doing what you're supposed to for the people. That's why they're called false gods. It's not that they don't exist like they're Ben Ten or Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Or whoever your favorite cartoon character is. Daffy. Goofy, that's right. No, it's false in that they won't deliver. They don't deliver. That's why they were about against Yahweh. They don't deliver. Only Yahweh is true and only he is to be worshipped. And that's why they worship Jesus when he gets into the boat. Again, you see the distinction that the Bible is making. They didn't, they didn't offer justice. 
Why does everybody in my wife's country want to be in this country? Because their gods aren't doing much justice over there. They want to be here. I told you that. They want to come to America. Why? Because God bless America. But he, you know. Verses 3 and 4. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and the needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. This is what you're supposed to be doing. You're not doing it. Of course, God knew that. But that's what the people wanted. They wanted Saul. Okay, you can have Saul. You can have Saul. That's what you want. Try it out. But you're not going to get all these things that you should. Samuel said you're not. If God is not your king, your king is not going to give you this stuff. Matter of fact, he's going to take your sons. He's going to take your property. He's going to take your food. He's going to tax you. How many taxes we got nowadays? I got to get over here. The food's too expensive over there. I buy the same thing over here and I buy the same thing over there. How far is it? I'm paying more money over there. They're taking more money from me. I'm like, what is the deal? Alton tax. Same identical food. Got to pay an Alton tax. They just take, but they don't know how to give. That's why they're false. Verse 5, they know not. Neither will they understand. They walk in darkness. You're following these gods and they're taking you down darkness. You're not getting what you're supposed to get. Neither are they leading you so that you will do it. They're not leading the pagan kings to do this. It takes Daniel to get Nebuchadnezzar to do what's right. It takes Daniel to get Cyrus to do what's right. It takes Joseph to get Pharaoh to do what's right. God knew he needed to do something with Pharaoh. So then he got Joseph in place to do it. Because their gods won't. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. This is all a mess. Why? Because the other gods, they're, not, they're false. They're not going to do for you. Just like our politicians promise you on Tuesday, but when the ink on the ballot is dry on Wednesday, they forgot who you are. False. False. Verse 6. I have said you're gods. You're supposed to be gods. You're supposed to be doing all these things I just said in these verses. Who's he talking to? The same people we've been at in verse 1. And all of you are children of the Most High, sons of God. Children of the Most High. Again, there's Yahweh. He's the Most High. You've got all these high things that are spiritual beings that split off in rebellion in the Genesis 10 and 11 situation. And the people began to worship them. They were never to worship any other God, but they did. That's when God grabbed Abraham and said, Abraham, let's show them what they're missing. Through you, I'm going to bless everybody. I can't do it through these other gods. I can't do these people who want to build a tower of Babel. I'm going to do it through you. And Abraham was um, worshiping the moon god, as far as we know. They're still trying to get him to do that in Islam, I think. I'm not sure. Don't they have the moon or something? Anyway, It's not even a full moon either. I don't know. I've figured it out all. You're gods. Children the most high. Verse 7. But you shall die like men. Now, if these are already men, why would you say you're going to die like men if they are already men that's going to die? 
He says, you are gods and you're going to die. Now, God, that's what a God is, is one of the definitions of God. Gods don't die. <laughs> that's the whole idea. That's how the Greeks defined it. Gods don't die. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. All these princes, all these people, you're the same, you're going to be. And guess what? How many of them are worshipped today? Now, my wife, yeah, Hindu is still doing. I don't remember when Buddha, I don't remember. I have no idea what his dates, I don't know. But most of the gods, like Astra, they're not worshipping Astra today. You shall die like men. Because you did not do what you're supposed to do. And you have separated yourself from God, who Yahweh, who is life. So since you're separated from Yahweh, who is life, you're going to die anyway. Just because you're God. Just because you're a spiritual being. Eventually you're going to get yours. Hello, Satan's going to get his. Do you know Satan's going to get baptized? Isn't that excited? Did you know that? In fire. The lake of fire. He's going down. He's going under, but he ain't coming back up. <laughs> I'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Woo, yeah, Satan's getting the fire. He's going down. But he ain't coming back. He's in the second. He's going to die. Going to die. Now, the amazing thing about this, I keep showing you this, but I'm comparing when they use the Greek in the Old Testament with the Greek in the New Testament. And this is amazing. Psalm 82, 8. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all the nations. And that's exactly how Jesus is described in Psalm 2. And that's exactly what we're supposed to pray for. For all the nations to come back to Yahweh through Abraham via Jesus. And that's what I did as a missionary. And that's what the Howells are doing as missionaries. But that word arise is the exact word used as the resurrection. In Christ's resurrection, the gods are judged. Because they killed Jesus and he came back. But Satan's not coming back. He's not coming back. He's going to die. He's going to die just like a man. But he ain't coming back. But they killed Jesus and he came back. And Jesus, when he rose to the dead, everybody can tell that he is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords, and he is life itself. And you cannot kill him because death does not have victory over him. The exact word used for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that's a judgment telling all of you gods your days are numbered because you did the best you could to take out Jesus. And that's your only weapon of mass destruction and it didn't work and you have no other weapons you have no other weapons and you yourselves are going to die like men you killed him but you're going to die but you're not coming back those in rebellion are not coming back those who are in rebellion are not granted these fallen beings there's, there's different categories as we said Paul has different categories of them some of them are angels, spiritual beings that are angels, obviously, but they're at the bottom. They're the messengers. That's what the word means, messenger. Messenger. That's all it means is messenger. 
Of course, Jesus came with an entirely different message. He's the messenger of all messengers. But Jesus didn't send spiritual beings, and he did not call legions of angels. Instead, he called Peter to walk on water and said, You who denied me three times, you're going to preach my gospel. And the same faith that you have in me is going to prevail. And on that faith, I will build my church. He doesn't call for these spiritual beings. He didn't call the good angels. He doesn't take from the bad one. Oh, Jesus, listen, I'll just give you the whole earth. If you bow down and worship me, won't do it. Could have called legions of angels. Didn't call on one. Only said, your will be done. Not mine, but thine. They killed him. Thinking that's it. You know, Islam, I told you they believe in Jesus, that he's coming back. But they didn't believe Jesus died. They don't believe it. They believe there's a switch somewhere in there. Somehow it switched out that God took Jesus and put something else there and that's what died. They cannot understand the gospel. Is that Jesus did die, but death had no victory over him. But these are going to die and they're not coming back. And said his resurrection, he proved that he is on a total classification all by himself. Such that Thomas could say, oh Lord, oh my God, when he saw Jesus in the resurrected form. Then he believed. He said, put your hand in my side. Put your finger right here. Then he believed that Jesus is God. They didn't know what they saw. So many spirits, it's kind of hard to tell which one is which. They didn't know. But Jesus made sure that they would know that who he is. All these people on the internet that claim that Jesus never said he was God aren't paying attention. Because they didn't walk around with business cards that says, I am God, and hand it out. That's not how they did it back then. But that's what they want. They want God in their, according to their terms. That's why they're on the internet. Because they want God according to their terms. They don't want to transform, be transformed by God into what God's terms are. And accept his terms of surrender into the kingdom. So I'm, I'm letting you know that Jesus is on an entirely different level here. Such that even built in to this psalm is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he has judged all other gods. And those that are not loyal to him, those spiritual beings that are not loyal to him, they're going to die. Why? Because they disconnected themselves with God who is life. And yet, and yet, because God does this, all the nations that were lost at Babel are coming back. And that's what we talked about Sunday night. That's Pentecost. The reversal of Babel when all the nations begin at Jerusalem, Judea, to the other ends of the earth will come back to God after the resurrection of Jesus. It's fulfilled right there. And I want you to see this passage. 
Because Jesus is going to quote this again when he's confronted by the Pharisees on who he is. And they're picking up stones to stone him. He's going to drop this calling card. He's going to say, you know who I am? Go to Psalm 82. And we need to explore that sometime, but we don't have time tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Got to make sure I fill her up with lots of questions before she goes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that Jesus, whew, they couldn't kill you. Yet they themselves are going to be brought to judgment and already have been proclaimed in the gospel as my wife and many others have denounced these gods and have taken you up as God, the one true and faithful. That's what your name is when you come back on that white horse. Faithful and true. Even death couldn't separate you from us. Whether it be your death and you rose again, or whether it be the funeral that Linda's attending in that family, or the funeral I attended last night. Death does not separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. It only brings us closer to it until you come. Thank you, faithful and true. Thank you for distinguishing yourself in a world back then that was full of idols and gods and everything. You made it very clear who you are. Proclaiming yourself, even in the songs they sang, of how great you are and what you want to do with the people to bring justice, to inherit all the nations and get them out of the hands of the powers of darkness and into your kingdom of love and light, according to the gospel. In Jesus' my name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast. You can find out more about us at DKIN.com. Dot cc. That's D-K-E-N dot C-C. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you.